Oh, yeah, man. I, I literally rushed in here just quietly, boys. Thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Thank you. It's Friday. You know what that means. A new era of professional wrestling starts right now with AEW Rampage. We lost Chris again. We've lost oh, no. Chris again. <laughs> it, is, it is technical difficulty night here inside of the 203 studios. We finally got Jimmy on board and now Chris is gone, but hopefully Chris will be back as we can watch his spinning circle in the interim. <laughs> so, Jimmy T, as I watched tonight's show, I felt like tonight was kind of a reset for a group of characters. Um, Chris was kind of saying before the show that Dynamite felt like it was a bit of a reset. This show, though, especially when I look at guys like Trent, I look at guys like the Dark Order, I look at what they're doing with legit Layla Hirsch. Like, I felt like this was very much a, okay, now we can take all these characters seriously kind of reset inside of AEW. Yeah, no, it's true, man. It does feel like a reset. And you know what? These, these guys... Getting the opportunity for once is a good thing, man. I think that like tonight was a decent show, even though it was really most of the undercard on the show, if you know what I mean. Like Silver and Reynolds, in my opinion, are pretty underrated as a tag team. You know what I'm saying? I think their time will come eventually. Especially if they if AEW introduces, say, a trios belt. Maybe they can go for something like that. You know what I'm saying? And I think they will introduce a trios belt, no doubt about it. Dear God, hashtag no more belts, no more interim belts. Like I, I, I'm, I'm so over belts. But I, I do agree with Jimmy Chris when, it, when he says tonight was a fun show. Like it, tonight, I it didn't feel like a chore to get through Rampage. I thought everything on the show was actually pretty good tonight, including some pretty good wrestling, even when there shouldn't have been pretty good wrestling. And I'm talking about guys like you know trent and adam cole going like 15 minutes like trent's one of those guys where it was like okay he's back from injury he's won seven of his last 10 matches like we're reframing trent and i very much got that but it's still trent it's still trent um <laughs> listen and this has been the biggest problem with what's happened with adam cole since he moved, since he's moved over to aew i mean i've been arguing that i don't think he's a main event player um, and they're booking him as if they agree with me. Um, and I'm actually upset about that because I think that there's more to Adam Cole than what they're even giving him at this point. Like I, I, I legitimately don't believe that he's a main event player, but I think he's just below that. I think that you can have him 
you know, have a, a quick run with a title at some point. I think that you can have him challenge for a championship and have a good, interesting program at some point. I, but right now, I mean, it's like I was I was saying to Jimmy the other night when we were recording after uh, after Dynamite. I mean, so far he's he's ranked as the number one wrestler in AEW, and so far he's beaten all of Orange Cassidy and Trent. Is that like, am I missing someone important? Did I did I miss where he beat somebody with some legitimacy or? I mean, he first came in and they started with the feud with Jungle Boy. So he's involved with the whole Jurassic Express thing. And now they get, they move on to the best friends. And it's just like, oh, my God, can we just find something a little bit more serious for Adam Cole to do? Because it, the matches are fine. Like, they're Adam Cole matches. But he's going out there and having them with guys like Trent and Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And, and it's just like, Oh my God, can we just get away from all this gimmicky crap? That's that. I mean, cause AEW does feel like there's a lot of gimmicky crap going on, Jimmy. No, oh, there's definitely a lot of gimmicky crap going on in AEW. And, and that's the thing, man. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. Like see with Adam Cole, especially, I liked what happened on Dynamite with, for example, uh, with Britt Baker, right? I think it was good that finally them to get to sort of join forces. I thought it was right? awful, but continue. No, well, look, it was awful, awful segment, but I just liked the fact that they kind of acknowledged that they're together because they've been together for a long time now. I like that they're doing it. I don't like that they just presume that the entire audience watching the show knew that before it happened. Like well, a little too, bit of right? backstory would have been nice. Absolutely. No, that that's always been an issue with AEW and it continues to be an issue with AEW. I don't know why they do that. It, it is what it is. But as far as Adam Cole goes, I thought tonight was a decent match, right? Pretty good. Beretta looks like he's got a fire lit under his ass, bro. So I feel like, you know, he's rejuvenated. But in saying that, like you said before, Jago, why is Adam Cole having matches with the likes of Orange Cassidy and tonight, you know what I mean, as well, with his match. And I mean, he needs to get some big name scalps under his scalp, sorry. And they just have not given it to him for whatever reason yet, even though he's undefeated. Yeah, he's still undefeated inside of AEW, but it doesn't feel like he's actually defeated much of anyone either. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rampage Uncaged, presented by the Hameen Media Group, powered by ChannelAttitude.com. I am your host, Dr. Jargo P. H D not making out with Adam Cole, but you know, he, he's just, he, he's a little too dirty and slimy for my taste. But I, if I do want dirty and slimy, I've got two of the best guys around Jimmy T from the PWC. Welcome back to uncaged. My friend, how are you? Hot and wet and slimy. As a matter of fact, I just came back from a bike ride to get my car and then drove back and yeah, man, and it's hot down here. But other than that, man, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm happy to be back. I'm, I'm happy that you're back too, because now we can do the show. And then, you know, you're bitching about it's too hot and I've got to go move the snow. Another guy <sighs> who knows all about moving the snow, Mr. <laughs> no BS himself, Chris Ams, our favorite Canuck. Welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, my personal favorite Canuck is probably Pavel Bure. Um, that's a little hockey reference uh, for those of you who are hockey fans. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I've been, I've been all right. Uh, the other day I got welder's flash and I'm finally able to look into the light without wanting to, uh, take a rusty spoon and pull my fucking eye out of my head. So that's good. You know, one thing I do enjoy about being a, a third shift person and basically functioning on an Aussie schedule, even though I live in the United States is it's always dark. I don't have to deal with that crap. Like, you know, vi I can take a vitamin D supplement. I don't need no damn sunlight. I mean, the first thing I do when I get to work, kill all the freaking lights. Like, I am straight vampire. I love it. I love <laughs> the darkness. I love the darkness. So let's talk about tonight's opening match. And, and guys, I, I've got the name here. Are you ready for this? It's the Adam Cole Red Super Click Era versus Trent and the Best Friends. They had everybody at this goddamn ringside. There's like 10 people standing ringside for a singles match. You've got Red Dragon out there. You've got the Young Bucks out there. You've got Britt out there. You've got Wheeler Yuta out there. you got Orange Cassidy's Chris Statlander. I mean, it is a freaking circus around the ring. I mean, this crap has got to stop. And immediately when you see this, it's just like, oh, yeah, so that's going to be the finish. And then the match goes 15 minutes. I will give them credit. I thought the match was really good, and I forgot about all the Tom fuckery that was sure to happen over the course of, of whenever the finish was going to be. But, man, 15 minutes with Trent. And, and I, I do like on commentary, they're like, Trent's way more focused since he cut his hair. Trent's way more focused since he came back from this neck injury. And it, it was a really bad neck injury. And they keep talking about it. And Adam Cole's working over the neck. There's a little bit of psychology going on inside of AEW. Oh, my God. But it was just too much. I can't. I, can't, I don't care if Trent has won seven of his last ten matches if I haven't seen any of them. Um, and this felt like an attempted reframing of Trent. And I think I like that, but Adam Cole is not the guy that I think he should be reframed about Chris, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, you know, a little piece of storytelling that we all know anybody who listens to, to Hameen uh, has heard this before. It's very simple show. Don't tell. Um, don't give us backstory about how Trent is more focused now because he shaved his head. And No, how about we do a thing where uh, Trent goes on a little bit of a run on TV where we see him uh, beat a few halfway decent people on television and look like he's taking things a little more seriously. And then uh, having Adam Cole beat him on a night like tonight after 15 minutes would feel like an accomplishment on behalf of Adam Cole. As is, um, I still think that the guy who shows up in his mom's minivan just went 15 minutes with an apparent number one contender. So fuck me. I guess I'm the asshole, but show don't tell guys. And if you want to do long-term storytelling, especially if you want to brag about doing long-term storytelling, you could have told that story in three weeks. You could have had two weeks where Trent came out and won against somebody halfway decent. And then you could have done this, this spot and it would have actually made sense as is. It's just the announcers are saying a bunch of shit that doesn't line up with what I'm actually fucking watching. It's like on dynamite. They were talking about how dangerous bear country is. They're dangerous. Really? Do you know when the last time I saw them get a fucking win on TV was never right. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Jimmy, I think the solution, I, I, I have two options for what we can do with Trent at this point. Um, option number one is he turns heel, beats the shit out of all of the best friends, and we have like a Trent versus Orange Cassidy feud for a little bit, and then they kind of split and go off their own separate ways. Option number two is we get a new addition to the best friends and that person is Frankie Kazarian. And we put Trent Beretta and Frankie Kazarian together as a tag team because <laughs> uh, the way that Trent is being framed right now and, and the tag team with Chucky T just is not working for me at all. And, and Chucky is another one of those guys that needs to turn heel and just get the hell away from Orange Cassidy and the best friends. Uh, which would you even prefer? Would you rather see a heel Trent or are we just doomed with tag team Trent? Well, first of all, you took the words right out of my mouth, Jago. I was going to say number one to a T. I was going to say I've got a feeling that it, we could be leading to a Trent turning heel and just turn on everybody. That's the only way you can rephrase him right now, man. Other than is that, he worth him... rephrasing though? I guess is the question. Probably not. But he's been in the business for a very long time, man. I mean, we're coming to about twenty years. If that, I mean, probably about twenty years, right? I mean, I'm not wrong. He's been around for a long time. It's crazy because I, I still feel like there's all this untapped potential in Trent, and he's been around well, for twenty years. You right. Know? It's it's now or never, Jago. It's it's this is his last like roll of the dice. Either do it now, or he's doomed as a tag team wrestler for life, man. Literally. I mean, we're gonna get Rapungi fucking three K. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Like, I, let's be honest. You know what I mean? So I would go for the switch right now, make him turn. And I'm talking about like a full blood feud. I mean, get Chuck. But see, Chuck has got the better potential as a heel, though. Agreed. I think. Agreed. By a mile. And you know what I mean? unfortunately, we've never seen that version of Chucky e. T on a national stage. It's always kind of been jokey Chucky e. T. Like they, they teased it in New Japan. And right. then they left the company for AEW and they just kept doing the best friends gimmick. Chris, what, what, what do you think? It, is Trent even worth rehabbing? And what do you do? Would, would you rather see him inside of the tag team division with somebody like a Frankie Kazarian, a Rocky Romero, a Chucky e. T, or do you just turn him heel and see what you can get out of a singles run with the guy? Well, first of all, the less versions of Chuck E.T. I see, the more happy I'm going to be. Um, the other day when the best friends came out to interrupt uh, the highly disputed era, I don't know what the fuck they're calling themselves. <laughs> the new um, era. <laughs> the, 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 the Paragon. Era. The Paragon. Um, that, anyway, I, I, I believe that's actually it. The Paragon. I, I believe that's <laughs> what they're going with. The Paragon. That is... Super dumb. Um, the when <laughs> when the best friends came out to interrupt them, they were all wearing their t-shirts. And for a second, I legitimately thought that some guy talking out with them, and it was Chucky e. T. Because he doesn't look like a wrestler. <laughs> he doesn't look like a fighter. He doesn't look tough. Um, I can't take him seriously at all. Just get him off my TV. I don't care how good of a wrestler he is. He has no charisma that I have any interest in whatsoever. Um, and as far as Trent. <sighs> I honestly think that the boat is gone. Like the, the we, he, he missed the boat. It, it's, it's over. He's never going to be able to do anything like that. And if they push him that way, um, they're going to have a disconnect with the audience because you, you can't 
you can't tell me for two and a half years that he's the plucky, happy-go-lucky guy who hugs his best friend every time in the ring. And, you know, gosh darn it, he, he borrows his mom's van to show up. And then all of a sudden you expect me to take him seriously. I don't think that AEW has the time to, uh, to rehab Trent properly. I just don't. So, no. You know what it, you know what it would take? If you really want to turn Trent heel, not only does he turn on all of the best friends, not only does he get into a blood feud with Orange Cassidy, Sue has to show up and yell at Trent and tell, <laughs> tell Trent how disappointed she is. And then Trent lays her out. Like Trent takes out Sue. Like that's that's the only way you're really gonna get heat hey, on Trent. Like that's television, folks. <laughs> right there, got to do it. Absolutely. Let's talk about a, a, somebody else that they're trying to reframe at this point, and it's kind of a re-debut. Of course, we have Thunder Rosa, who is about I think recognized at this point as the best wrestler inside of the AEW Women's Division, but now she has some competition because Mercedes Martinez is there. And so we're, we're going to get this Senorita battle going on between Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa, and I'm absolutely down for it. These two women are going to tear the freaking house down. I can't wait. Um, Chris, what do you make of this? I, like, What do you think of how they're framing Mercedes Martinez more specifically? Because we know Thunder Rosa is going to be at the top of that AEW women's division, win or lose. Is Mercedes Martinez in that class? And if so, she's got to get this win, right? I don't think she's in that class. I don't mind the way that they're pushing her as, um, you know, quite a bit of the audience kind of understands who, who she is from the, you know, from her days in NXT um, or more specifically for the women's tournament. Um, she is a talented wrestler. I've seen her work before. I know that she does uh, the little things right generally in her matches. Um and I love Thunder Rosa, so I, I don't think that Mercedes Martinez can get the win here. I think that if, if that's the direction that they're going, that's a huge mistake. First of all, they need faces. Um, right now, there are exactly three interesting women uh, outside of Thunder Rosa, and that's Serena Deeb, who is a heel, uh, Britt Baker, who is a heel, and Jade Cargill, who is a heel. Um so they need faces uh, that they can push for, for their women's division. And uh, yeah, so I think that she has to take the loss. And again, this is a symptom of what I've been, been talking about. Um, Mercedes Martinez is being talked about as if she's a legitimate threat, but we haven't seen that yet. And I question if they're going to take the time to actually show her to be a legitimate threat before they have this match or if they're just going to push them into a match and scream at us over commentary, have Excalibur tell us how, you know, when he saw her for the first time 14 years ago when he was wrestling and when he was a wrestler 13 years ago when he wrestled that, uh, that Mercedes Martinez was also wrestling and was good. Um, that's more of what I'm expecting out of AEW lately. And it sucks because show don't tell is so much better. Uh, than what we're getting out of this company right now. I think I'm a bit higher on Mercedes Martinez than Chris is. Jimmy T, where are you? Are you closer to me or are you closer to Chris? Like, do you see her being a player inside of this AEW women's division or is she going to be somebody that Jade Cargill is beating over on 
you know, Rampage or Dynamite or probably where it belongs, Dark or Elevation. <laughs> well, no, I'm with you, Jago. I've I've known Mercedes Martinez now for years. I mean, she's been in the business as well for about 20 years already. She's a vet. She knows what she's doing. She never really pulls off a bad match. She's actually quite good. And she's a bad bitch as well. Legitly a bad bitch. And if we're getting a Thunder Rosa Mercedes Martinez match, which we are, hey, man, it's Puerto Rico versus Mexico. So <laughs> it's, it's all on. But Mercedes Martinez, man, you don't even have to do much. Just let her go, right. man. Just let her be her. And I think they're trying to go that way. But again, they're not explaining who exactly Mercedes Martinez is. And they assume that people already know who she is. You know, Chris, you and really... the only problem with that is that they don't have time. I mean, they legitimately right. don't have time to do that. I'm with you. I actually think that the best way to push Mercedes Martinez is give her some matches. Give her 10-minute matches on TV, and people yeah. will learn who she is. And like I said, I mean, I'm high on her in terms of her talent level. I think that she does the little things right in, in a wrestling ring. I think that when you watch her matches, they're believable. It looks like she's having a competition with somebody and trying to win. Um, I really like Mercedes Martinez, but you need time in order to really push her and tell her story properly. And AEW just seems like they have no time for anyone. I think they really screwed this thing up. Um, Chris, you brought up, they really need baby faces. Um, they should have brought Mercedes Martinez in alongside of Thunder Rosa instead of opposite of Thunder Rosa. She already has that respect factor from the AEW audience, from that hardcore pro wrestling audience. They should have brought her in as a baby face. I, I think that's where they screwed this thing up. I agree. And I think that she has a compelling story too. She's a vet. She's been, you know, she's been wrestling for a very long time. All babyface qualities, some, right? Like, and she's and she's been and she's been trying to get on with one of the bigger companies. She's she's had great matches, but she's been overlooked because she doesn't have the right personality or she doesn't have the right look. She's not blonde enough. She's not whatever. All of these different characteristics that you can push for a babyface, and you can say, look, yeah. like she's out here. She's doing the best she can. I mean. That's how you got Eddie Kingston over, too, was he's the guy who's been trying this long and he hasn't gotten a real shot yet and because yep. he doesn't have the right look or he doesn't have the right whatever. But he's got the he's got the right stuff in terms of, you know, can they push him? Can you know, can he become a star? You could have done the exact same thing with Mercedes Martinez. I think you're right. That was the right way to go. But shock of all shocks, AEW decided to just pull the fucking trigger on something instead of letting it simmer. I just now I'm seeing all of Big Ray Hernandez's comments in the chat because I didn't have that screen open. Fantastic. Shout out to Big Ray. Shout out to Big Ray. What up? What's up, Big Ray? Um, let, let's talk about the, my biggest disappointment on this show. And it seems like that's that's just kind of the MO for Sean Spears is the biggest disappointment for me inside of AEW because I've always been really high on Sean Spears and I just none of it has clicked for me inside of AEW. Um, but I saw that it was going to be Sean Spears versus Andrew Everett. And I was like, oh, this could be really, really good. Like, this could be a hell of a sleeper match. I've always been really, really high on Andrew Everett. Right. And, and, and I like Sean Spears as a talent. We've got the Wardlow thing kind of going on off over here in the corner. Like, everything is set up. Like, this is going to be great. I'm looking forward to this. And it's like a 15 second <laughs> squash match. I was like, what? 
they kind of I kind of feel like they did Andrew Everett a little bit bad on this, especially to do it in Raleigh, North Carolina, in like his backyard. Dude's getting the Andrew Everett chance, and they just they squash the dude. Like what I mean, Jimmy, what on. the damn hell? Look, Andrew Everett's a great talent, but come on, man. I mean, what were you expecting? Sean Spears really does need... The way Sean Spears has been framed in AEW, I did not expect a 15-second squash match. Right. I can tell no, you you're that. Right. You're right. And I don't understand why AEW doesn't utilize him the way they should be, because let's be honest, man. He got himself over, and he's another one, like I was mentioning before, that's been in the business for a good 20 years, man. People don't seem to realize that. He's been he around for a long time. over. Everywhere right, he does. Right, you know, it's true, and I don't understand. Is there heat in the whole business with him? I mean, I don't get it, dude. I mean, he's not blackballed because he's in AEW. So why aren't they utilizing Sean Spears like they should be? Man, he got himself over in WWE after twelve years of being there already. Right, they they release him there. He goes to AEW. He looked great when he first came in. He loses to Cody, and it was downhill from there. Yep. You know what I mean? The and first victim of the Cody it. shovel. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't get it, man. I don't yeah. get it. And and even tonight, Chris, I, after the match, he gets on the stick and I'm just like, oh yeah, I forgot. He's a really good promo too. <laughs> like, I like the cadence is good. The verbiage is good. The way he's working, the camera is good. Like what, what the hell, man? Like what, what the hell? You'll get no argument out of me. Um, I, I mean, I've been singing the praises of Sean Spears since long before he was Sean Spears. Um, you know, uh, I was a big Ty Dillinger fan. I mean, great. Me too. I love the perfect 10 gimmick. Um, and yeah, I mean, after the Cody match, uh, he cooled off a little bit, but they were able to heat him back up. At one point, I think he had, uh, he had, he had a run where he had at least three victories straight on uh, dynamite. Um, and he was looking pretty good. I mean, his body looked like, I mean, it, it, he still looks great. He, I mean, he keeps himself in really great shape considering that, I mean, all they have him do is following Wardlow around lately. Um, yeah, I, but like they, they did have him into like a up. manager stooge there for a while. And it, it's, and it's, it, it's so bad because this is a guy who has the talent to, like you said, get himself over either by doing, <laughs> either by doing uh promos which he is fantastic at or wrestling just have him wrestle because he can tell a really great story it just in the time that you give him to wrestle too so i i don't know i, I feel like this is a wasted this is another piece of wasted talent um in the effort for aew to continue to get cody the young bucks and kenny omega over so yeah, I just I, I feel like it's a wasted talent because he's a guy who I think does Canada very proud in terms of how talented he is and is never really given the chance to show it. And that sucks. I know that Sean Spears is involved a lot with a lot of the younger talent and helping bring them along. Um, I think what they should do is bring in his business partner to be his tag team partner. So Mark, this is my weekly plea for AEW to just, you know, hashtag sign Prince pretty, uh, to bring in Tyler breeze, uh, put him with Sean Spears. And those two guys are going to get themselves over as a bitchin tag team that you didn't know that you wanted. Just saying. Team Let's, Canada. 
<laughs> let's let's talk about Wardlow because the best thing about the Sean Spears promo and it, the Sean Spears promo was really good about how he's going to beat up, up CM Punk on, on Wednesday night. It's not going to happen, but it was it was still a really good promo, but it's not going to happen. But Wardlow's facials throughout Sean Spears promo where he's just looking at him like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, even Wardlow knows that ain't going to happen, bro. Like, CM Punk's going to kick your ass. It's, it's going to be faster than you just squashed Andrew Everett. Like, I mean, this is going to be ridiculous. Where are you at with Wardlow, Jimmy? Because I, I feel like when I look at the AEW originals and the guys that they brought in from the independent scene that nobody really knew who they were, Wardlow is the guy who's not one of the pillars. He's not talked about in that kind of classification, but I think when I look at the future, he might have the brightest one of all of them. Absolutely. I've been a Wardlow fan since day one, and I didn't have a clue who he was before AEW. I never saw this kid at all, but you know what? Once I did see him, I thought, man, this kid has got something. You know what I mean? Even though he wasn't talking, he's got that natural charisma about him where he doesn't really need to say much. And they can book him into a monster. Now, look, as far as his position right now with MJF, I still think don't push him straight to the top right now. Let right. it simmer very slowly with Wardlow. If I were them, I'll do sort of like a rock maneuver here. Remember when The Rock was teasing, turning babyface? He was a heel at the time. But, you know, we, I'm going back to 98. Survivor Series 98, Deadly Game, the tournament where The Rock won, the WWE Championship. And, well, yeah, I'll do that with... Uh, with Wardlow, act like he's turning on everybody, but really he swears everybody and he's still with MJF all this time. You know what I mean? And I've got a feeling that's where we're going because it's too obvious, man. And hopefully, you know, TK is smart enough to realize if I do that, everyone will see it coming and just expect that. So hopefully he stays with them because I think I think he's a good fit. But just make him, like, build him up like a Batista even, dude. I like that comparison a lot. Um, I mean, I think Wardlow could be a future world champion, but I mean, I feel like that future is two, three years from now, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the ride with him to get there. But if he progresses as much in the next two years as he has in the last two years, Chris, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where in the hell he's going to be at. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm starting to develop a theory that being a really good pro wrestler actually has nothing to do with the wrestling moves. It's everything you do between the moves. Yep. Um, and Wardlow has gotten really good at everything between the moves. His facial expressions are always on point. You know what he's feeling and thinking in spite of the fact that he says absolutely nothing. Um, he, he's connecting with the audience. He's able to uh, get a pop from people just, just with a look, right? He delivers the power bomb and then he looks at the crowd, right? And the crowd reacts like, yeah, right? Because you know what he's feeling. You know what he wants. You, you understand his character motivation a lot better than most of these other guys who are given all this promo time. Uh, it's a really great example of something that I've been talking about today, but show don't tell. You don't need him to come out and cut a promo. You just need him to really figure out how to do the facials, how to, how to control a crowd with just the way you look at them, with just the way you look at your opponent, with just the way you look at Sean Spears when he's bragging about how he's going to beat up CM Punk. Those moments are golden 
for professional wrestlers. And I think that uh, if, you know, even if he hadn't figured out how to work, which he seems to have, uh, he's figured out how to work the crowd, which I'm with you. I I feel like this guy is a blue chip uh, for sure. Future world champion AEW. And uh, hopefully they keep him simple because he doesn't have to cut a 15 minute, a 15 minute soliloquy about how he grew up on the farm and he's a real cowboy. Uh He can just go out there and beat the shit out of people. I'm looking forward to him getting in the ring with somebody like a Jake Hager, somebody, somebody who's a bit bigger that he can go out there and just dominate like that. And it's not going to hurt Jake Hager at all. You know what I mean? Jake who? Yeah, exactly. Where, where exactly. is he actually? I forgot all about him. Legit. Um, he might He's be backstage in a shirt. Actually, I think <laughs> yeah. he. I think he might be training for a fight. Is he? Okay. I well, think. Then... I think that's why we haven't seen him in a while. Well, I hope so. I hope he he is in training camp because what was the whole point of signing you, man? I mean, they're not even utilizing him at all. No. Well, I mean. It's kind of the the story of his life. I mean, yeah, you know. true. And he's a former world champion. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about the acclaimed. Uh, the acclaimed come out with a music video, hmm. and uh, the this this was fantastic. Yeah. This was this was freaking great. Like I what love I tell you guys? everything <laughs> about this. I mean, like <laughs> even the cornball aspect of the, like. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that it was like good hip hop, but like for what they're going for, this was great. Jimmy T, I as the 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 resident in-house DJ, <laughs> yeah. break down the acclaimed diss track for Darby and Sting going through their little goth phase because it was <laughs> great shit, man. Dude, guys, man, I've been singing their praises about their music videos for ages now. And trust me, this is not nothing new to me. This is just typical acclaimed shit because they do this for everybody. AEW does not promote this at all for whatever reason until tonight. For the first time ever, they actually showed a, a video clip of them doing their thing because everyone that they're feuding with, they literally do a music video about. And do, I mean, I'm telling and you guys... Just, this is the first time it's been on the TV? Yeah, this is the first time. TMZ employed friggin max caster because of his fucking shit with his hip-hop i mean he's got music videos about hangman page mjf uh you name it man everybody like it is the funniest shit and yeah it's fucking cheesy rap don't get me wrong yeah i mean don't get me wrong it's not good it's not like you're listening to tech nine i mean you know what i mean come on it's designed not to (laughs) be that way right but you know what his skills are a lot better than people give him credit for though he can be serious. And if you just look into him online, you'll see he's been doing this his whole career, man. And he's fucking good at it, man. I tell you what, 10 o'clock on the East Coast on TNT, Chris, this should be like a three-minute segment on every episode of AEW Rampage going forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what people really love? They really love rap beef. Um, they, they (laughs) like people eat this shit up like fucking crazy dude. So like, I was just like, I, I'm, I'm a huge hip hop head. Right. And I was talking to some people like today on, on Facebook, this Facebook group about like old school hip hop. Right. And we were talking about cannabis who was like a really, really great MC. Um, very underrated. And I was talking to people about this album that he had called the curriculum, 
where I mean, he, he literally came out with a whole fucking album, album where he was just like, I'm not gonna do any hooks. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do bars like a motherfucker the entire album. And it was awesome. It's so good. But all anybody remembered was second round KO, which was his right, which was right, his diss right. track against LL Cool J. LL Cool J. That's yeah. all anybody remembers about cannabis is that he I, had a really good fucking beef with it with LL Cool J. This sells. This gets attention with young people. People like this shit. So yeah, this needs to be on every fucking week. And I'm so glad, Jargo, that Jimmy and I have finally converted you to the Max Caster. <laughs> uh fan club you know so oh, well hey. let's not get carried away i thought this was a good <laughs> segment you know what i mean but but i need like that same quality and whatnot every week you like like i'm i'm still not sure that as he comes walking to the ring him rapping and what he does between the bells is actually going to work for me but the music video thing and the way that it was presented absolutely worked for me Trust me, Jago. We were the same, man. We used to absolutely give him so much shit for a long time, right? And then finally, we both saw it. I don't know what the fuck, man. We just both saw it. And I'm telling you, Jago, he's so much better than you realize. Put it that way. And I'm not talking about just because of his raps. He gets it. He's just not given the opportunity to shine, man. Yep. Believe me when I'm not tell given you that. enough time. He's not he's, and he's not. not given the proper kind of time. You know, it's you know, do a little rap on your way to the ring. Fine, I'll do that. But then what I mean, but then what happened when he had his first real one that actually got popular and actually right. got in the news and actually got people talking? Well, you're not allowed to rap anymore. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, well, I, true, I thought man. this this tonight, Sting and Darby going through their goth phase was <laughs> freaking fantastic i was popping like crazy i thought that was just great that was awesome uh one thing i wasn't popping for is the kevin panetta dollar dollar trio smash <laughs> um i mean i well i first we gotta do the intro right Please. I want my motherfucking money. Services rendered. Fuck a check. Return it to sender. Give me mine and legal tender, Mr. Manager. The venue was filled to capacity. Check the door box. Count my percentage and get that to me. Fuck me, fuck me on the door when we get all black with Millie's. Ball caps and Billy's. It's all raps for Billy. Fuck me on the door when we get all black with Millie's. Ball caps and Billy's. It's all raps for Billy. Okay. That's the highlight of our show, ladies and gentlemen. We we should just stop after that. It's the Kevin Panetta Dollar Dollar segment. Um, Guys, this was just... (sighs) Okay, so let's start with the positive, okay? Penelope Ford gets the Dollar Dollar. All right. I don't think anybody's going to object to that. Penelope Ford gets the Kevin Panetta dollar dollar for the night. Any objections to that before we actually talk about the wrestling match? I mean, that outfit was fire, (laughs) pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. She wins a dollar. But the match itself, see this thing here? It's a taser lighter. I just want to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the positive (laughs) aspect, right? So we're reframing Layla Hirsch. Uh, Layla Hirsch is becoming a loser and (laughs) she's very unhappy with being a loser. So I I do like that. Um, and and hopefully going forward, she gets more serious. We can repackage the gear. Like she needs a gear upgrade really, really bad. 
and uh, hopefully a, a little bit of an attitude tweak and she can start getting some wins because I really, really like Layla Hirsch and what she brings to that women's division. Uh, as far as what they're doing with Statlander, I just don't see it in Chris Statlander. I, I never have. Just like T- TBS championship level, okay. But I like I feel like that's kind of her ceiling. Um, Red Velvet, I just don't see enough of. But even now, she's getting in on the like, I'm going to tag myself in because everybody else is tagging themselves in. And it all feels incredibly heelish. And they're the baby faces. The, the heels actually had the continuity throughout <laughs> this entire match. The heels are the ones that all seem to get along. Uh, I'm not stupid. really sure why Nyla Rose is suddenly friends with the bunny and Penelope Ford. <laughs> but, you know. Just add that to the list of shit that doesn't make sense inside of AEW. Heels go over. Guy Outside of the Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander stuff, is there really anything to talk about here? It was just time filler, wasn't it, Jimmy? Yeah, let's just move right on because, yeah, this was nothing. But I do want to say one thing. AEW, like we've said, especially Chris and I, for how long now? Every year. Bipolar, man. That's what yeah. it comes down to. These these companies bipolar with the way they do shit. And as as far as Layla Hirsch goes, she was serious from the the second she debuted in AEW, right? She was all serious. Why do they need to change anything? And now she's suddenly get a bit of character. I mean, what is she a loser? Like you said, maybe she should join the Dark Order. No, don't 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 wish that upon anybody. I mean, of course, we'll on. talk about them here in a minute too. <laughs> Chris, on, what, what, what do you make of Layla Hirsch? Like, as far as I'm concerned, you can turn her into the female Rusev. You can have her speak nothing but freaking Russian, and I'd be fine with that. Um, in the ring, I love Layla Hirsch. Um, I think that to this point, there are only two wrestlers who have gotten a halfway decent match out of Jade Cargill. Um, Thunder Rosa, a few weeks ago, because she did a lot of out-of-the-ring stuff to try to uh, hide uh, a lot of <laughs> Jade Cargill's Many, many flaws in the ring. And don't don't get me wrong. I think Jade Cargill is an absolute fucking star in terms of her character and in terms of her charisma. But she is a bad professional wrestler at this point. Um, and the only other person who's gotten a good match out of her was Layla Hirsch. And she did it almost a year ago. So I like she- Layla Hirsch in terms of in-ring. Um, I think Chris Stantlander is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I like women that aren't super tiny and skinny though so i'm like i'm a fan of even just the body type of a chris statlander so i'm attracted to her um i wouldn't mind getting booped on my nose or any other part (laughs) of me that she wanted to boop but um (laughs) but as far as like her character Uh. that's not a world champion that's you no 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 you can't be questioning whether or not she's an alien and then call her a world champion um (laughs) This so this this match actually was where um, I was reminded of something, and that was that two days ago I you know I, I do some welding at my job, and I actually got a welder's flash in my left eye, which made it really really painful for a while to see any light. And as I was watching this match, the thought went through my head: I'm literally experiencing physical pain so that I can fucking watch this shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy T, did, did did you experience physical pain watching this shit? Yeah. Actually, I've been <laughs> experiencing physical fucking pain for the last two weeks, to be honest with you guys. I've been saying it, man. 
you know, we always make that comparison about, you know, she's the she's the she's the girlfriend that always tries, right? And I'm talking about AEW. But god damn it, AEW. <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to get sick of this bitch, guys. <laughs> I'm starting the last two, three weeks. I don't know, man. She's she's uh, you know, one too many strikes in, in my in my opinion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they can't turn it around. I just feel like they've been lazy the last couple of weeks. Well, and even when they try to do something, they don't necessarily do it right. Um, and a perfect example is the interim TNT championship, which I hate. I hate it when UFC does it. I think it's even worse in professional wrestling. I've never liked the idea of an interim championship, especially when the champion's going to be back in two weeks. He's going to be live this Wednesday on Dynamite. So Cody's going to be back with his TNT championship. And Sammy's going to be defending his TNT championship. And it just becomes convoluted bullshit. Like hashtag no more belts means we don't like just duplicate the same goddamn belt and give one to somebody else like right. it's just i it's well, just stupid well chris and i were touching up upon this exact subject on the skirmish this past week and um i i suggested that they change the tnt ch- interim championship to the cnn championship i mean why not you've got tbs tnt let's go for cnn fake news i mean I fake mean, wrestling cnn can get needs like all the help they can get right now they're 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 kind of in trouble down there in hotlanta uh good promotion but it it does look like sammy will be defending his tnt championship uh i i kind of wonder if like the men of the year are both going to become tnt champion like if ethan page beats cody for his (laughs) tnt championship and scorpio beats sammy for his tnt championship like can one tag team be singles champions and they have it be like the free bird rule where you're challenging for the (laughs) tnt title but you don't know which one of the guys you're gonna be wrestling for the title like dude this I, this is awful and 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 i love scorpio sky and i love ethan page but this is not good <laughs> i this love is this just not good let them both be tnt champions i think that'd be great they'd be like tag team champions but single <laughs> yeah. champions I love it. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I think that's different too. Oh I mean, God, I no! Because then they come out with the TNT Tag Team Championships. <laughs> we don't want that either. <laughs> come on, man! I think it's worth a try. I think it it sounds amusing to me, and those four guys could probably pull it off. I mean, if there's two guys that could pull it off, it'd be Scorpio it's, Sky. And it's Ethan definitely Page. Scorpio and Ethan. I Absolutely, hundred percent. Chris, what do you make of this entire TNT Championship <sighs> picture at this point? So I prefaced this, uh, you know, on the skirmish this week by saying, Jimmy, what is the worst thing about the UFC? What is the worst thing about the UFC? It's interim fucking championships. They make no goddamn sense. It's stupid. It's fucking convoluted. And especially when you have the ability to fucking write your show, why would you do that? It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I, and I, I shared this quote, right? A lot, lot, like, listen, there's lots, there's lots of things to make fun of Mike Tyson about. Um, you know, he, he said some pretty nutty shit in his life, right? I'll eat your children and stuff like that, right? <laughs> but at one point, uh, when he was first coming up, uh, somebody from the Ring magazine was interviewing him and they asked him, why is it so important for you 
that you unify all of the championships, all of the World Heavyweight Championships. And he shared a quote that I still think is poignant, uh, not only for boxing and the UFC, but especially for wrestling, where you can write your story out. One Pope, one president, one world champion. And I think that that's the case with this, with, with the TNT title too. It, you, it, I get that wrestling is a little different. So we have minor belts and I don't mind a minor championship, but let there be one champion. And if you absolutely had to have the TNT championship as a part of battle for the belts, cause it's such a <laughs> prestigious moment, then just say you had to strip Cody because he had COVID and, Co- and Cody will get a fucking shot when he comes back. This there whole thing is dumb as fuck. Yep. Yep. Covey Rhodes. Yep. Completely agree. Uh, one. In, here's another one that I don't understand. So evidently, Jay Lethal and Ricky Starks are feuding with each other. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Of course, I knew that, Jago. How did you know that? What TV show are you watching where you're seeing Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal feuding? Because I am not watching that TV show. I was confused as shit by this segment. You gotta watch Being the Elite, bro. Oh god, no elite if you don't watch Being the Elite. No, No. No. you gotta watch Being the Elite. Cody Rhodes (laughs) told me. I do not have to watch shoulder content. All Cody Rhodes said, in order to follow along with AEW, all you should have to watch is Dynamite. Now, (laughs) I have expanded that to include Rampage. I consider Rampage to be canon. I ain't watching fucking Being the Elite. I'm not watching fucking Elevation. I'm not watching Dark. I'm not watching Road (laughs) 2. I'm not watching none of this bullshit because the executive vice president of the company said, I do not have to watch shoulder content to enjoy AEW. That was his quote when the company started, and I'm holding him to that standard, just like I am holding him to $50 every time I say Los Ingobernables de Japón correctly. <laughs> oh, man, I'll be reading Another 50 nah. bucks. That's another 50 bucks, Cody, on your tab. That's been going on for a long time too, Jagger. I like it. But man, it's a lot of fucking money, Cody. It's a lot of fucking money. It's bro. a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money. <laughs> but Covey Rhodes, as I like to call him now, since he's got COVID, shouldn't he be back already? Mm, well, no, because he was pulled from Battle of the Belts. Today is a week. So, I mean, Dynamite would be like the next. Okay. All right. I thought he was back show. earlier. He should have been back earlier. But speaking of Battle for the Belts, just quietly, fellas. I thought uh, the FTW belt was non-sanctioned. You know, I'm I'm, I'm happy that you bring that up. Um, number one, boom, battle of the belts. Hey, um, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I had graphics and everything made. We just <laughs> didn't use it. Um, you know, Chris. Uh, but okay, so back to rampage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this entire scenario going on with the FTW championship is completely illogical. It, 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 it's exactly what you said. It's an unsanctioned championship. So why is it getting airtime on your TNT special? Why is it getting airtime 
on your TNT TV show outside of like a regularly scheduled promo because it's like Ricky Starks just starts talking off like by himself when they go to him at the commentary desk. Jay Lethal clearly watching backstage on a monitor. Good on you, Jay. He comes walking out and he's like, hey, shut the fuck up. Let's let's have a match for your title that nobody gives a shit about and never has. Like, what? What? That's you have enough championships. We don't need fake ones in the company, too. Yes. We've got the interim championship. We've got the the, the, the fake interim, the interim. world championship. <laughs> like fake the world. <laughs> I love it. Fake the world championship because that's exactly what it is. It's fake the world. Fake the world championship. <laughs> I love it, Jugger. That's a great one. I never Chris, thought of that. Chris, please don't tell me you have an affection for the stupid belt. Uh, none whatsoever. Um <laughs> I, uh, we, we talked about this, uh, because, uh, you know, on, on dynamite, uh, Jay lethal saved, um, Dante Martin from powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, uh, which was the beginning of this. Apparently now it's so heated that they can't. Not so talk so from, from, from Wednesday to Friday, it got so heated. Yeah, sure did. And that all happened yeah. on being the elite. I was and, just saying that, by the way, boys. I don't know if it did actually happen, uh, but so, you yeah, don't watch me the elite either. Of course, I don't. <laughs> and FT and the FTW Championship being defended on Battle of the Belts made me legitimately laugh out loud. I I, I chuckled to myself, thinking, "Well, I mean, if all you have to do is just show up with a belt, there's got to be at least thirty guys in the fucking arena right now who are going to have to defend that title in this fucking special because." Because there's definitely 30 fucking guys carrying around somebody else's belt for fun. I firmly support if you go to a pro wrestling show and you have a championship belt in the (laughs) audience, any one of the five to, well, I mean, there could be 25 people in the audience. There could be 25,000 people in the audience. If somebody lays out a challenge for that belt, you have to defend it right here and right fucking now i firmly support that i've seen that actually happen before at a pay-per-view firmly support it i really have but it's true even if you're wearing a that's what jay lethal did to ricky starks tonight on on dynamite or rampage boom goes the the dynamite because these guys have got a blood feud now suddenly i guess is he leo rush now yeah, because he saved Dante Martin. Where's Leo Rush? You never tell your boss to apologize. Yeah, I, I, I think Leo Rush is on Tony Khan's shit list, which is where he <laughs> yeah. kind of belongs right at the moment. Yeah, and he's earned to be on that shit list because he's a fucking idiot, straight up. Well, speaking of fucking idiots, let's talk about <laughs> your main event for tonight. Um, I, I finally figured it out, Jimmy. <sighs> We What's all it? know that inside the world of the WWE, the, the character that I hate the most is our truth. And the reason oh. that I hate our truth is because he blocked me on Twitter and because <laughs> oh, his no. character is stupid. The person <laughs> that I hate in New Japan Pro Wrestling the most is Toru Yano. I, I, I just <laughs> fucking Yano. Do we have a, anybody? We have a new addition. <laughs> we have a new addition, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to go ahead and say it. I, I firmly believe it. I fucking hate John Silver. 
I fucking hate Ugh. this dude. I hate the character. I hate the presentation. I hate his stupid beard. I hate his stupid biceps. Like Strangler Steve King needs to like freaking just murder this dude. <laughs> like I, I, I'm so over the Johnny Hungy bullshit. And the worst thing is I enjoyed this match tonight. I think him and Alex Reynolds are a really, really good tag team. Like I, they function together very, very well. Can we cut the bullshit with John Silver? Because this character is freaking awful. It's awful. It's not endearing in any way, shape, or form. And I, I know that's what they're going for. That that he's supposed to be an endearing kind of character who's getting to live out his dream and the guy who they said would never make it. And Brody Lee saw something in him and really took him under his wing. Like he's got a great story. I fucking hate it, dude. I hate this character. I just want to say about John Silver, me and Chris have a kind of an affinity for him, right? We, well, we did, or I did, right? Well, to be clear, it's, it's the character. It's not the performer. It's the character. They've overdone this fucking character. It was funny at first, and now it's just out. Like, they've overdone it. They should have stopped this shit a long time ago. But in saying that... I feel that way about the entire Dark Order. And that too. It's true. I mean, shit, they could have gone a better direction with them, but fuck them anyway, because I don't care about either one of them. But in saying that, I mean, Johnny Hungy, you know what he's hungry for? And this is the truth. I'm I'm not just talking shit here. He's hungry for dick. If you watch Being the Elite, right? I kid you not. And and this is from previous episodes. He does some fucking weird shit. It's funny, but it's overdoing it, right? And uh, thank God nobody watches Being the Elite anymore because (laughs) (laughs) some of those shows with Johnny Hungy. Yeah, he's hungry, all right. That's all I'm going to say. Chris, I I have a feeling that you agree. Okay, so at one point, at one point here, uh, the character of John Silver um, actually was endearing. There was one point here where um, he would come out and he would say, "You know, I'm ready to go. You know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to have this fight." And um, he would he would come across in his matches as desperate to win. And um, like you said, as soon as the bell rings, the the wrestling matches are actually pretty good. He's, he's actually, he's one of my more favorite in terms of the in-ring stuff. Um, But they switched uh, about six months ago, I guess they went from him being desperate to win and to prove himself, which is enduring to just straight up. um, I'm gay. Ha ha ha. Isn't it funny how gay I am? And, that's not enduring. That's not enduring to me. That's not enduring to the, uh, to the alphabet community. That's not enduring to anybody. It just, it's just obnoxious. And yeah. at this point, yeah, it, it, they, they jumped the shark with this. If they want him to be endearing, uh, they actually had that about seven months ago with this guy. At this point, I kind of really hope that they sign Braun Strowman so I can watch him eat john silver like literally devour john silver so i never have to watch him again in wwe braun Strowman actually wrestled both of them as a matter of fact and totally squashed them <laughs> literally totally squashed them man because i don't know if you guys remember but they were on wwe television right before they joined aw 
quite a fair bit, actually, as a matter of fact. They were on pretty regularly at one point, but they were getting squashed. Just squashed, squashed, squashed. And then they ended up in AEW. They're pretty much essentially the same team. Both of them have been together as a team for a pretty long time, actually, now. So yeah, I, I mean, mean they're really them, good together. They are, like I, good. I, I think the tag team is is fantastic, but the gimmick and the characters are just awful, just it's obnoxious. It, you absolutely nailed it, Chris. They're just freaking obnoxious, and I just want to see him get punched in the face. Like, yes. and, and that's fine if you're a heel, but when you're supposed to be a baby face, just doesn't work. Doesn't yeah. work at all. One hundred percent. Let's talk about your uh, your AEW Tag Team Champions, um, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. It's a good thing that we don't have a gimmick going on there with those guys, right? Um, they've kind of went the other way with these two guys. Like, the gimmick is still there, but it's not when the bell rings. Like, it feels like, okay, yeah, we're all in on the joke at this point with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And I'm wondering how long before that jumps the shark, too. Because I just, especially with Jungle Boy, I feel like people want something other than a loincloth and playing Tarzan out of, you know, Jack Perry at this point. Yeah, I agree. But you know what, man? Jack Perry is starting to impress me a little bit more in the ring now. He's got more, a bit more aggression to him this time, which I think he desperately needed. Him and Luchasaurus are starting to gel a lot better as a team, and I still think Christian will turn on him eventually. It's, it's going to happen. Well, here's my new idea, Chris. Christian turns. Turn Jungle Boy with him. Hey, that's a great idea. I mean, like... like no disrespect to Jurassic Express, but Marco Stunt is pretty well gone. Um, yep. I think people are pretty well over the Luchasaurus thing at this point. Um, and, and, and hopefully, you know, Austin can can catch on without the mask because I think he has become a much better performer. Um, but I, I'm, I think I'm down for it. Like, just turn Jungle Boy heel with Christian at this point. I agree 100%. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think that's a really, really good idea. And I think that um, Jack Perry, um, he does have star potential. He does have that. He, he's physically as capable as pretty much anybody in, on the roster. Um, and he has shown uh, in a few times, actually, in the last six, seven months, uh, a little bit of viciousness. Uh, you know, he really cinches that mousetrap in. Uh, or whatever the hell that move is called that he does. It's probably something jungle orientated. Um, <laughs> the the snatcher in the rye. I don't the know. Fly it's snatcher. A, sure. Um, <laughs> whatever that move is called that he does with the submission. Uh, he's 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 shown a little bit of fire and um, yeah. Listen, I've heard interviews with the guy behind the mask that's that is Luchasaurus, mm -hmm. and he seems like a swell dude. Yep. Um, he botches every match, every he single does. match. And I don't know if it's just the mask is in his way or if he's a little too excited and he hasn't figured out how to slow down or what, but he's a very large man who botches every single match. And I'm legitimately worried that he's going to hurt somebody. So here's what we too. do. Here's what we do. So we have Christian and jungle boy 
turn on Luchasaurus. They take him out with the concerto. The concerto becomes Jack Perry's thing, right? Like it's passed on from Christian. He can use it for the next 20 freaking years. But so you take out Luchasaurus. He's off TV for like six months. You bring him back without the mask and, and like the full hairdo and everything, right? As Lance Archer's new tag team partner. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and mm. I mean, because I feel like he needs to work with somebody like a Lance Archer. He yeah. But I mean, what if Lance Archer wins the world championship here? Uh, I mean, he just started a program with, with Adam page. He could totally win the world title Jargo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is sad too, because Lance Archer now is just going to go right back down to the bottom of the barrel and disappear into obscurity for another five months at least. Well, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, give him Austin, Judas, whatever the hell you want to call him, just not Luchasaurus as a tag team partner and do like a new Killer Elite Squad kind of thing. I was going to, where, where it's Killer just, you know, too, so but what I mean, just like two big fucking dudes who can move. And go in there and just go rough shot through the freaking division. Right. But Archer is is such a better worker compared to Luchasaurus, man. The problem with Luchasaurus, everyone has to carry his big ass, dude. Yeah, I, I realize that, but Luchasaurus also isn't gonna get any better if he doesn't yeah. learn how to work like That's a true big too. Man. That's yeah, true and too. he well, has a really great look too. I mean, he does even without the mask, he's got a really great look. Like his his face is distinctive. Um, he's like, not an ugly guy. Just quit uh, doing all this stupid shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And work like a big man and quit fucking around and learn how to work. The, the, the only two guys inside of that company that I can see doing that. Number one is Lance Archer. And number two is Paul white. Like those oh, two guys. Yeah. And, and Lance, I think is a better comparison because Lance can do a lot of that athletic kind of stuff when he's not, you know, doing a moonsault and landing okay. on his head. Yeah. But I mean, like the two of them, I could very much see Luchasaurus wrestling in that same kind of style as Lance, and it would be much more complimentary than with fucking Jungle Boy. I'd love to see it, and I love that gimmick of two big, you know, strong guys who just dominate in the tag team division. All in Nash. I mean, all in Nash. The Twin Tailers. Like, I know people are going to laugh. Chronic. Was a really yeah. Chronic was underrated team man. in WCW for a while. Chronic well, I mean, um, even the Dudleys, and and not that the Dudleys are necessarily tall, but they were so much bigger than the you know Edge and Christian, the Hardy, Hardy Boys. Yeah, you know, so it, yeah, it just absolutely. worked. Absolutely, yeah. And those two I'd, guys I'd would be monsters in AEW. Yeah. Oh, but they would be. They would be monsters. The only thing I'm worried about is just the thing about Luchasaurus, right? Even when he was on Tough Enough. And didn't he win tough enough at one point? No, I think you're. I he think got you close. Have confused with Josh, because him no, and Josh look. I'm pretty very, sure very he was right, but I'm pretty sure he was in development in WWE. I'm hundred. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, he was, but he didn't right. win it. Okay, well, um, Josh Briggs is the guy that won it. That looks an awful lot like Judas. Josh Briggs. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, well anyway, that, same that's, look. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Well, with the long hair, the beard, or the goatee, whatever. Tough enough but, um, is irrelevant. Right. Well, I was going to say he got told by somebody, I can't remember who it was at WWE, that once he once he got fired, they said to him, don't ever work 
in a professional wrestling environment again because you suck. Like, you're that bad. You suck. Like, just don't wrestle ever again. That's and a little boys, harsh. That is pretty harsh. Unfortunately, though, guys, you know, Chris, you said just before, you know, stop fucking slacking around and start learning how to work. The guy's been around for a few years now. What the fuck, man? If this guy doesn't get it by now, well, I'm afraid... I mean- in his defense, all right, number one, this character was born in Lucia Underground. Right, and the right. character's great. That's not really my issue But the much, character right? is great inside of a Lucha yeah. context right. where right, psychology right. and knowing what the fuck you're doing are so irrelevant That's to true. what is actually going on. Like Especially he needs, with all the edits. Right, he needs to work with someone who gets what it's like to be a big guy and how that should work versus lucha no you're right like if i'm running a wrestling company i'm not giving up on that guy yet he's got an incredible look he's got size he's still young enough he can learn i wouldn't give up on him but i at this point i would do some kind of an angle where luchasaurus just goes away and we, we we figure something else out for the kid yeah, um, Jungle Boy bashes his fucking head in with a chair. I mean, and that's the death—the death of Luchasaurus. And then Jungle Boy can become Adam Copeland Edge. Hey, how's that? I mean, there's a <laughs> lot worse careers to hope for. That's not They're a right bad in, career trajectory right. for him. And honestly, look at him, right? I know um, he looks like a young Edge when you think about it. Yeah, and tell me that he doesn't have a very similar charisma to Edge as a as a babyface. He's uh, you want to cheer for face. him, and he right. looks like the kind of guy who would get the girl, but also the kind of guy who would get the girl and then you know hug the handicapped kid coming in the coming in the the lunchroom, right? Like he looks like that guy, and I'm I'm willing to bet that as a heel, he's got a very similar charisma to Adam. So I, yeah, I think I that's think actually a, a really good uh, trajectory another, for him. Another great comparison is don't let him talk for at least three years. I mean, Edge yeah. got over as a freaking mute. And well, well, yeah. I mean, we've all heard Jungle Boy Shoot cut promos. Tell. Yep. Shoot. That's all I got for this week, guys. Anything else that you want to discuss before we get out of here this week? Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Chris, you got for anything? Tonight? Uh, fuck the Canadian government. Um, from the <laughs> bottom of my heart, uh, fuck you guys. You are so dumb. Every single decision that you guys make seems to be designed to destroy this country and make things more difficult on its citizens. Go fuck yourself. You suck. Hey, I will it doesn't repeat, suck as. Sorry. I will repeat okay. exactly what he said, except minus the Canadian part and, and insert <laughs> United States. And I was going to say the same thing. You guys can't be worse off than I am. All right. So fuck you, Australia, uh, you fucking pricks. Yeah, fuck you, dickhead, Dan. That's, <laughs> yeah, Dan. That's Chris Ams, no BS. Chris Ams1 on Twitter, DJ Mass FX, and I am at NotJargo. We will talk to you next week for an all-new edition of Rampage Uncaged, presented by the Hami Media Group, channelattitude.com. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Poof.